0: Thanks for joining us again. Happy Halloween to all and sundry, Gentlemen, Jared, Maddie, our first uh, Halloween action film this time around. Yep, you, mixing things up a little bit. A little bit of something different, considering we, we usually do a slasher film or a Halloween movie or something of that nature. So this episode is 2014's The Guest. But before we get into that, Maddie... It's been too what long. What have you
1: been watching, mate? Because we haven't heard from you in a while. Well, you haven't missed a lot. I've uh it's I've been investing too much time in my NFL fantasy teams, but uh <laughs> uh there's I guess the most notable stuff that I've watched is um Rillington Place, which is uh like a um serial killer show. I sort of watched that and Dez as well. But um Rillington Place has Tim Roth in it, and he's awesome. He's so good and cold. It's uh it's really entertaining. Des as well is is uh a really good watch. Short short burst of uh a psychotic, which uh always is entertaining. Is that David Tennant? David Tennant, one? yeah, yeah. He's great. He's so good. The likeness is amazing. And uh you just you sit down and you're like, I'm gonna watch one episode, you end up watching the whole thing in one go. Really, really good. Oh I watched Rainmaker, the Rainmaker. I hadn't seen that in ages. Danny DeVito is hilarious. Like <laughs> that guy's is uh, is, uh, is perfect in everything that he does. <laughs> the fact that I would have loved to be in the conversation where he said I'm going to become an actor. I would have loved to have been there. <laughs> but um, yeah, enjoyed that. It was good. I hadn't seen it before, so I enjoyed that one. And. Uh, Uh, In a moment of weakness and probably just to try and get a reaction out of you boys, I watched Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider as well. Oh, great stuff. (laughs) Um, Which I'm probably never, ever going to see again, but it was worth
0: a look. (laughs) Now, just quietly on Ghost Rider, wasn't Cage in both of them? Yeah. There was two of them, right? Yeah. And you watched the fir- the, 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 I watched the the first
1: one. I watched the uh, tw- twelve, I think it is, or two thousand twelve one. It was fourteen or somewhere there. Yeah. Okay. He cackles a lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he has a um,
3: he has a CGI six pack, I believe.
1: <laughs> oh, really?
2: <Yeah>. Does he? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: CGI the six pack on, saving so Nick some trouble. <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's pretty Nicholas silly. was starting to get pretty into some silly. pretty dicey territory around twenty fourteen, I think. Uh, yeah. His tax his tax issues were <laughs> Yeah. Forcing him into a difficult position.
3: Yes. <laughs> they were forcing him to uh consider Christian films and <laughs> all that sort of business. <laughs> That's, That's right. when he showed up in uh Left Behind. Left Behind. That's all
1: right. Mm. Poor Nicholas. Hey, was that
0: everything, Matty?
1: Yeah, that's me. That's me. Short and sharp. Short right. and sharp, mate. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> I've spent too much time listening to the pod, guys. I like that we're influencing your choices, though, that you see <laughs> Nicholas Cage, Ghost Rider, and think, that might yeah, be...
3: the boys will chat about this one.
1: There is that. Uh, <laughs> uh, after listening to the pod, though, I've, I've got a gripe. Eddie Murphy, that's a banger. I'm going to yeah, put it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's mean, two on one. No. Right?
3: You're wrong. <laughs>
1: It
0: is not a banger,
1: mate. If, uh, I can tell you. If Widal Yankovic puts it in one of his poker medleys, it's all right. <laughs> it's got to be good. <laughs> yeah, Cigar just doesn't uh, compare to that. <laughs> we
0: did miss a uh, an absolute classic. One of our um, listeners hit us up with sliced alone. Oh yeah, so mm. fucking some shit out of rhinestone
3: called drunken um, Wasn't it? it was drunken <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, we'd sadly, sadly neglected that one. I oh, know. Not our best work. It was just horrendous. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: it was. It was. Sly's probably lucky that we didn't chat about that one on the podcast. <laughs> he, he, he would have been on the bottom of the pack, oh, I can tell you now. By comparison, the Bacon Boys are bloody Leonard and McCartney on the <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, This comment might lose me some credibility as well. Didn't mind them either.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that has lost your credibility.
0: What shred you had left is now gone.
3: <laughs> oh, the Bacon Brothers.
2: Oh,
0: man, the Bacon Boys. <laughs> Mandy, were you also disappointed they didn't call one of their albums a pound of bacon or a, so a slice many, of bacon? There's or...
1: so many opportunities there. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Oh, there's rhymes. I don't know what you there's so many opportunities on oh yeah. Definitely we need yeah. some we need some meat related titles in there. Yeah,
3: they gotta go there. They gotta do it.
1: Slice of heaven. You're not happy with that, <laughs> catchy, that yeah. even.
3: Yeah, they should cover it, of course. Slice of Bacon. That would be classic.
0: Uh, it's more of a slice of hell.
3: <laughs> I'm assuming um Vin Diesel's number one in your heart too. After Adam's. Oh, I can't. I don't want to have
1: anything to do. That was so auto-tuned that tune. Yeah. That sounds like some some like fourteen-year-olds made it in his uh, in his room.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh
1: dear. The, the the bloke's voice did sound like one of the engines of the
0: fucking cars in Fast and the Furious. But mate, that one was catchy as hell. <laughs>
1: You guys, nice about it. when you get to a point where you're so famous, you want to be known for something other than the fame. There's something, there's a, there's a disconnect in your circuitry. Like there's <laughs> something wrong with him. I don't know why you would go down that road. No, no, well, when you hit when when I heard the song, I thought, no,
3: no, I I know why you went down that road. Now I love it. I love <laughs> that road. Man. Keep going there. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> all right, Jared, what have you been watching, mate? Uh, all right, so I got onto a couple of docos early. I, I watched uh, the full series of I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which was actually it was really good. It was about um, uh, Michelle McNamara, who was the crime writer that, that um, had a fair bit to do with solving the Golden State Killers case. It follows a sort of familiar path, but putting her in there actually gives it this different kind of, this different feel to it that that it's so person. It was so personal to her, and yeah, it was really really sad in the end. They they go through. I mean, they they go to the lengths of playing Patton Oswald's nine one one call when he found her sort of you know unconscious and whatever. And so it actually it um, brings this whole other level to it. It's kind of personalizes these people, including people that she sort of connected with to to share info on the case. And so it's it's got this kind of. This real touch of sadness, but then you, you get to see the the victims all kind of um, coming together in sort of celebration after it happens, and yeah, it's a really really good watch actually. I was very impressed. I also started watching The Vow, which is the I think it's HBO as well about the Nexium cult. There's another one on stand by the way. Oh really? Of the same thing? Yeah, yeah I better check that called, out. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but. It's coming in week-to-week episodes. Yeah, well, that's what the the Vow's doing the same. And I I, I listened to a podcast that had a lot of the same players, but the TV show is far better because they've kind of got access to all the videos from from the programs and stuff. So you're getting a lot of the footage of, like, Alison Mack and that Keith Ranieri character and whatever actually in the videos that they're putting forward. You're getting a lot of the the behind-the-scenes, like videos from, from their programs and stuff. Yeah, it's it's very good. I also watched uh class action park Adam, which uh Oh yeah, yeah we came to that was that the doco about action park in New Jersey, which was notoriously kind of fast and loose with fucking safety rules and had a number of people die at the park on slides and shit. So Yeah, look, it was it, it alternated between Hefty laughter at certain stories that were going on, and then just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, these guys cost people their lives, literally, mm-hmm. with this with cutting corners and shit like that. But it was a good watch. Yeah, it was a very good watch. Again, that was something that we'd kind of seen about on the periphery, read articles on particular websites about it and whatnot. So to see the doco come out was mm. was pretty good. Getting into the fiction fair that I watched, I checked out Vampires vs the Bronx on Netflix. Yeah, what is that? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Look, it wasn't a bad idea. It was kind of like it had a bit of a you know that that sort of rim of the world feel to it, Adam, where it was trying to capture those '80s movies about the, the group of kids. But it was very much representational, you know, rep- representing people in that area. So it had a lot of minorities in the cast, which was which was good and gave it gave it th- that sort of sense of realism to where it's actually coming from. But it uh, it just didn't pan out. It was just. It was similar. Nah. It was similar to, to *Rim of the World*, Adam, where I felt it. It sort of just. It didn't hit in in anything really. Like that, the, the ideas were okay, but then it just sort of. It was it felt a little bit cheap, and it just kind of put the ideas out there, but never really nailed any of them. And by the end of it, I was just kind of left wishing that someone had of. A- Gone and revised it all before they actually did it, so we could have had it. Because I felt like it was going for a sort of an attack the block sort of feel, but didn't land mm. anywhere near attack the block. Uh, didn't 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 go anywhere near that sort of uh, level of, of filmmaking. Unfortunately, I'm ashamed to say I did watch Hubie Halloween. <laughs> As did I. Yep. <laughs> I'm also ashamed to say I laughed a few t- a few times,
2: <laughs> a few more I times did than too. I suspected.
3: Laughing at uh, Adam Sandler's mum's t-shirts, which were pretty consistently amusing. You know, wearing t-shirts like with things like boner donor and um, <laughs> what was your favourite Adam uh, Muff's, Muff's, Muffs Muffs Diving topics. Club. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's low-hanging fruit, but I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. When you're hungry, it still tastes alright. <laughs> Uh and Tim Meadows, seeing Tim Meadows back in there yeah. playing off Maya Rudolph got me a, a number of laughs as well. So yeah, look, I couldn't say it I couldn't couldn't say it was a good movie. And that, that we've we've sort of spoken about this already, but that voice I don't know why you have to carry that voice on for a hundred minutes of a of a movie. <laughs> um Which one yeah. does he do? It's well it's well, another kind of water he sounds like voice Bobby style. Boucher yeah, like yeah. yeah yeah it's a bit kind of like Bobby Boucher but sort of oh, I don't know it was just so annoying. Mm. He's been doing that for 30 years hasn't he? Yeah it's just I like this one I would have would have felt like yeah okay you've 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 put this out there we've got a couple of laughs and we'll get but I just I don't understand the voice I don't get what it adds to anything.
2: Mm.
3: But yeah I'm not going to not going to hang not gonna to hang too much on that. One of the one of the best things that I watched and would highly recommend is I'm punching out the first season of Warrior, which is the foxtel show that is based on Bruce Lee's pitch that got rejected and then essentially they took elements and made Kung Fu and then you know didn't you know Bruce Lee didn't get the role for that. Shannon Lee's an executive producer and I think Justin Lin was involved too, and they've taken that premise and sort of stretched it out. And I'm loving it because it's yeah. got that – it's it's definitely – you can see the character that Bruce Lee was going to play. So it's sort of like this guy arrives in San Francisco in – I think it's like the 1830s. <clears throat> so the Chinese are, are coming over on the boats and whatever and then getting put into labour jobs and whatever, and then there's this real kind of simmering conflict with the Irish who feel like the Chinese are taking their jobs and then the police are involved as well. And, you know, the the character that Bruce Lee was going to be – Is sort of taken in by he immediately gets into a blue off the boat and then he's taken in by one of the one of the the um, Chinese crime gangs and essentially owned by them. And it's fucking good. It's got some really hefty sort of fight scenes in there, but it's taken on this kind of you know Game of Thrones sort of feel where there's all these sort of factions going against each other and people are stabbing each other in the back. And yeah, I'm about five episodes in, but I'm absolutely loving it at the moment. And the last one is uh obviously me and you adam got to, got to see Night on Elm Street two on the big screen <laughs> yes, which was yeah quite a good experience i mean it was uh it was a uh out loud session where where they encouraged kind of people to uh repeat their favorite lines and cheer and laugh and that sort of shit. There wasn't much of it to be honest, but people were very open about laughing and a couple of cheers here and there at particular times, but um yeah. I mean. Seeing Clue Gulliger's fucking performance on the big screen was just a sight to behold, Adam. So <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> he was funny. just go I
0: mean, he had bipolar or something in that film because every five seconds he's like, "Oh, geez, I, you know, something must have gone wrong. You did it, yeah, yeah."
3: <laughs> the point that he's sad. I mean, when the bird when the bird is attacking everyone, and then in is engulfed in a fucking ball of flames and he turns to his wife and says, oh, it's that bloody cheap seed you're feeding it. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it. I fucking lost it. <laughs> it's that cheap explosive seed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be cautious that I don't my, buy uh, my, my puppy the bloody cheap dog food just so it doesn't fucking <laughs> blow up into a ball of flames anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, look, I
0: enjoyed watching seeing Part Two on the big screen because you know the opportunities are now coming up with COVID. We've also locked in tickets to see Jaws in mm. a couple of weeks, so opportunities to see old films on the big screen is is a huge deal now. I
1: think. Mm. Hope they put Lethal Weapon out. <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, you,
3: fuck, you'd yeah. say. Gotta <laughs> get Lethal Weapon on the big screen. Yeah, you'd say Lethal Weapons on. Uh, I'm not gonna watch it. I'll skip that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll catch it later. I'll catch it yeah. when it comes out on DVD. I'll catch it in another 10 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> was that yeah, everything, Joe? me, mate.
0: All right. Well, I saw Elm Street 2 with you on the big screen. Loved it. I also saw Hubie Halloween. Loved I'm a bit it. like you. It's certainly not the worst <laughs> thing Sandler's put, on, put out. No. His Netflix output is probably one of his better ones.
3: Yeah, that's an indictment on what he's put out, but it's, it is one of it's his It's not saying ones. a lot. Yep. But I'm with you. I mean, I don't understand
0: the voice. I mean, he's just kind of like the biggest loser in town, but does he need to sound like that? Mm. <laughs> I don't really get it. No, neither do I. And I know it's more in his wheelhouse of, you know, kind of like um, the man-child sort of routine that he's been playing for years. But, I don't know, drop the voice and I probably would have been an extra star. So I went back to Shudder a fair bit this week, Jared, and I know we've been kicking the shit out of it um, by saying basically they never put anything on it, but I went back through my list and um, I watched a thriller called Downrange, which was for about 45 minutes was really tense. It was basically a group of people trapped out in a desert road where no one's around, they have a flat tyre, and then suddenly they're getting peppered with bullets from a sniper who's sitting in one of the trees. Hmm. And for a while it's really tense. It it sort of reminded me a little bit of something like Phone Booth, but then it just goes absolutely overboard (laughs) in the second (laughs) half and um, turns into a really super violent, super stupid kind of situation. But look, it's worth a look, I think. I also watched a um a European kind of uh I guess I'd call it a little bit of how the hills have eyes sort of feel. It's called High Lane. And it's about this group of um people who go rock climbing in Croatia I think it is. And then um they basically end up sort of the bridge they're going across collapses and so they can't go backwards. So as they have to go forward they run into this mountain man up in the hills who's stalking them.
2: Hmm.
3: Like, I'd actually seen that and thought, should I watch this? So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, look, it's probably worth a look. It's worth a look. It's not
0: brilliant, but it's certainly not terrible. Some of the um, sequences involving some of the rock climbing and stuff like that and the, and the, the location work is excellent. Like, some of it is really, it's obviously filmed on location. It's really kind of tense a couple of times where where those things are happening. But the kind of the mountain man guy, when you finally see him, it's kind of like, is that—is that him? <laughs> you know, like, usually yeah. I expect my mountain men to be hulking Jason types. And this guy looks like, you know, he's my size. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you're telling me you would survive of, in the mountains? You're not going no, out No, I would not survive in the mountains. <laughs> I would not survive in the mountains, I can tell you now. So, look, Jared, it's worth a look, especially with Shudder only having a certain amount of content. You know, it's worth grabbing onto anything they've got there that we haven't seen. And I watched an interesting one, and and this kind of had some really cool elements. She's a bit dry, but it's called the WNUF Halloween Special. Yep. And it's basically like a fake news cast from 1987 about these this news team that's going into a haunted house where a sort of a, you know, Amityville horror-style murder spree happened. Mm. And it's a mixture of the news followed by this one-hour special. And yep. it's got ads in it and shit. It's kind of like a mix of a found footage film and Grindhouse. And some of the stuff is quite amusing, some of the ads and stuff. But it's dry, it's really dry. I, I appreciate it for what they managed to get done. I mean according to the Internet Movie Database it cost fifteen hundred bucks to make. And you wouldn't know it if that's actually the truth. Because mm. it looks really, really good for you know, what it's what they've done. But yeah, it's it's I guess it's worth it's kind of a niche thing. You have a look at it and, and, and see what you think, but it kind of goes on too long. I would have thought maybe 45 minutes would have been a more appropriate time frame.
1: Right. Sounds like a cool concept, though.
3: That, that also took my fancy mainly because it was the most recently added thing that sat there for about a week before anything else was added as well, <laughs> so I kept seeing the title and going, should I watch it? <laughs> because there's nothing else coming. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely worth having a look.
0: Okay. But it's it's certainly not a a super exciting piece of work, and it and it to me the payoff isn't that great. Okay, I watched the Stepfather on Tubi, mate. That movie's still still gold. Yeah, I mean Terry O'Quinn's performance is just fantastic, and it's a really nicely made thriller. So I'll, I'll be checking out the Stepfather two, which is also on Tubi, mm-hmm. a little bit further down the track. And last but not least, Jared, I jumped on the stand and watched American Ninja. Ah, <laughs> uh, didn't they it's have more than not one? Not good. There's four of them on there. Excellent. But the f- The first what? one is is not great. <laughs> Fortunately, I mean it's uh, it's obviously a canon picture, so it's yeah. got all those classic hallmarks of canon. I mean, the way they shoot the fights, I mean, it's just. There isn't an ounce of kind of action to it, really. It's just so badly choreographed. It's just oh,
3: difficult to watch, I guess say. i mean,
0: I will be on to part two.
3: Well, I'm can. interested when you say, you know, the first one's not good. Are you talking in comparison to the rest of the series? Are you expecting it to, to kind of move up from here? Or? <laughs> I expect a drop off, <laughs> <laughs> which is so, not a good thing. So the first one was that the one that had Michael Dudikoff. He was in the yes. first one, and he's in the one, second two one too, and right? Four have got Dudikoff. Yeah, yeah.
0: Three's the odd man out.
3: Obviously, he didn't have any offers for RoboCop at the time to, to sort of no no draw it down. his attention away.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, it's not a good film, but I watched it first. The magic of Canon. <laughs>
2: mm.
0: You know, it, there's a shitload of that on stand. I noticed recently. There's all the Death Wisp films. There's Buddy Delta Force. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll probably give some of them a go. Oh,
2: they'll be on here. We'll be talking about them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. In the coming weeks. But that was me. That's everything.
0: All right, let's take a break, and here's the trailer for 2014's The Guest. Mrs. Peterson? Yes.
4: My name is David. Mrs. Peterson, I uh I knew your son, Caleb. I was with him when he died. That's me. You knew Caleb? Yes, ma'am. We're pretty close. Yes, ma'am. He wanted me to tell you that he loved you. Thanks. He asked me to check on y'all, and so we're going to be good friends. What happened? I got into a fight with some guys at school. I'll teach him some self-defense when he's feeling up to it. What are you going to do? Nothing bad. Ah. For the damages. Never let anyone pick on you. Here. And keep it Ms. Peterson are you sure you're comfortable with me staying here
0: I think it could be a good thing for us
4: You know I promised Caleb I would do anything I could to help your family But Fred, I haven't been fully honest with you If you hadn't been here. Really, Mrs. Peterson, it's no problem. The
0: guest from 2014, directed by Adam Wingard, who directed "You're Next," produced by Jess Wu Calder, who produced Blair Witch and Keith Calder, who produced "All the Boys Love Mandy Lane." And it's written by Simon Barrett, who wrote Frankenfish, It stars Dan Stevens as David, Micah Munro as Anna Peterson, Brandon Meyer as Luke Peterson, and Sheila Kelly as Laura Peterson. The budget was $5 million. The box office was $2.7 million worldwide. And the initial original script was a more serious revenge story, which involved a soldier returning from war, suffering from PTSD, and putting together a complicated revenge plot against a family. Obviously, that was changed around um, once Wingard got involved, I believe. Now, Matty, what was your
1: take on the guest, mate? I didn't mind it at all. A solid plot, very simple premise, but uh, it was executed pretty well. Dan, who the main guy, was. Uh or that David, the character, it was creepy as hell, <laughs> whatever he wanted to be. And the, and the side actors were pretty funny. The the dad's moustache alone was uh, was worth a start. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I, uh, I don't know how keen how I'd be to go back on it, but I was happy with the four. I probably would watch that again without any problems. I was entertained. Yes.
3: Jared? Yeah, I was uh, very impressed with this one. I, like, I... Uh, I remember buying it sight unseen. I bought the Blu-ray because I'd heard such good things from, from, you know, the websites that kind of talk about the genre stuff that we're into. So, um, yeah, I jumped straight into it. And even then, it still kind of held up to those expectations. This time around, I think I landed on a three and a half. As Matty said, it's pretty straightforward, but it's it's really well executed. The acting is just excellent for the most part, especially, you know, Dan Stevens and Michael Munro really good, and then, you, you know, you get a couple of good performances from the people around them as well. But, uh yeah, it's just really well well done. Some of the sequences where he's, you know, getting into people are just – they really sell mm. that he's a real fucking dangerous person. Yeah. Mm. And putting it – uh, in, in the Halloween season also kind of pays off towards the end. I thought, I thought the, the ending was, although I probably wanted a little more of the plot to come through it towards the end, the, the actual sequences at the end of the action were really satisfying and solid, so three and a half. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's a really weird mix of like action, thriller, and almost like slasher film, mm. but it kind of works really well. Dan Stevens is fantastic, and most of the the other actors are really good. The action's choreographed really well, and there's a shitload of energy. Plus there's kind of like this gallows type of humour mixed into it Mm. from time to time, which I think also works. I'm a bit like you, Jared. I kind of – things are still a bit murky about who he was (laughs) and what he was doing in a sense of the military. And I believe you provided some, you, you mentioned to me in text earlier on today that they kind of deliberately did that to add add some extra sort of things to it. So I kind of, now I, I get it, but also, you know, I was kind of sitting there, especially one particular scene where the military guy's explaining what's going on, where I, I started laughing because so, he's selling it. He's selling it like Ric Flair, but it sounds so <laughs> <thin>. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah But
0: other than that, it's it's a real winner, and I gave it four. To get into the likes straight away, I mean Dan Stevens is is really really good here.
1: He's awesome. Yeah, he's great.
0: Just that it's a, he's got like charm and charisma, but he's also got something really off about him.
1: Yeah, about yeah. the
0: way he do, he moves and he kind of stares at people. He does it he's different kind of got that ways as well. Green.
1: He gets the creepiness in different ways. Sometimes he's just like staring angrily. Sometimes it's a pause in the conversation, like an awkward pause. Yeah. Sometimes he's uh he's having the conversation that doesn't quite make sense, like he's like when he's talking with the mother and uh at the beginning of it. And then he, sometimes he just the, a, a sudden mood change. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. just it is. it's like multiple angles at at making him a creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really I really like that. He was like a com- also,
3: complete weirdo. He also <laughs> lays on like the that kind of overly charming. Like he's mm. so so nice and so charming that you're like Oh, should I trust him? Because he's really <laughs> he's really nice. Yeah. Like, he'll call you sir yeah. and then shoot you in the chest. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, but he, yeah, he, he switches from the charmer to the nutter just like
1: uh, you know, so well. <laughs> Um, he's just outstanding. I loved, I loved I, how he, um, how he went uh, at, at the end of it. You did the right thing. I don't blame you. Like the the relationship that he builds with the son is is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like even in that moment where he's where he's dying, you know, he's just stabbed in the chest. Is yeah. I loved it. I really loved that. And he also
3: yeah. they they kind of do they they kind of do it to the audience too because you kind of immediately know that. He's not quite right, but then you see him in the photo and things like that. Yeah. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, we'll give him a little bit of trust as yeah, an audience, yeah. knowing that he he's a little bit off. Yeah. So you kind of like, you, you sort of feed into it as well. Well,
0: it's interesting because I thought it was going going to go a totally different way. Like, yeah, I thought he was a bit off, but I thought the he was going to be it was going to be him against the military because they were after him because of something else. But then obviously they just throw in a sequence where he decides to take out a couple of gun dealers. i yeah. was <laughs> just
3: like, oh, mm. right.
1: Yeah, where's he going? So he's
0: actually a bastard. <laughs>
3: um, and uh, Adam, so- one of one of those gun dealers is, of course, you know, our favourite.
2: Ethan, Ethan Embry. Embry.
3: Oh, I was expecting, yeah. you know, I was expecting... Someone to you know, someone from the party to roll out and start talking about dancing at the sock hop and all this sort of stuff. Like.
1: <laughs> I was a bit worried when he banged the schoolgirl.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, that was although well, she was were, twenty. Yeah, yeah, they were,
2: they were, oh, they were twenty, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they yeah, were. Yeah, they were twenty. Uh,
0: That's the, they kept saying it about how she she turns twenty one in a few months. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: I think it also from a casting perspective, it was a good choice because his previous most recognisable role was in Downton Abbey. Mm. So it wasn't a role you would have expected from him. Yeah. No. If you know what right. I mean. So I think that kind of worked in his favour.
1: Mm. Perfect gentleman.
0: I dug on the music too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a weird mix of almost like a bit of John Carpenter mix with kind of like techno
3: yeah, yeah,
1: and hmm.
0: then a
3: couple of you know, sort of cheesy, cheesy '80s pop sort of tunes layered over the top as
1: well. Yeah. when he stabs the mum, and then you hear "Because I Love You," <laughs> I lost it. I thought that was <laughs> so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, all that when he rocks into the when he rocks into the diner and shoots. Kirsten or whatever, and then just chucks a couple of grenades in and as he's walking in calmly out, it's got some sort of fucking boys to men style song going <laughs> off and then boom.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, that stuff was great. It, it was, was some really, good really beauty. well done. Yeah, yeah. But the music reminded me of John Carpenter a yeah.
1: little bit. Mm. The synthesizer in the, um, in the school at the end was great.
0: Yeah.
3: Because, you know, he puts on his CD. Yeah, that was a nice little got. touch. Mm. Yeah. Just in general, I think the music feeds into, like, it's just a stylishness to the whole thing. Mm. Just to, I mean, obviously the way he's, the way he acts, the performance, the way that the Halloween kind of looked to to the end of the film, the score, Micah Munro's kind of Sarah Connor sort of aesthetic, as she's yeah, kind of yeah. in the waitress outfit for large portions of the film. So there's obvious nods to, like, The Terminator as well. Yeah, it was just just really stylishly done all the way through. Agreed.
0: And as I said before, it was mixing genres a little bit. Yeah. But doing it quite well because, yes, there was the action beats like something like The Terminator uh, and then there was a couple of shootouts and everything like that. The thriller stuff was, you know, the mysterious guy that we don't know much about. And then we're throwing in the slasher movie element, he's knocking people off. Yeah, and that, um, obviously
3: the, end, I think it, the that, end part as well, the the end sequence was very slashery. In yeah, school. and it's kind of you don't usually get that, that mixture mm. and make it work.
0: And I think they've done a fantastic job making that work. Mm. I, my favourite scene in the movie was him picking um, Luke up from school and then following the bullies to the bar. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Outstanding. And just
0: fucking dishing out a Heidi, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Absolute heidi. Yep. It's like he knew that the it was like these jocks are gonna definitely put a drink in my face. I'm gonna have one prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah.
0: That. And I just love the fact that it, it's not a long drawn out punch up. It's oh. over in about
3: yeah, 30 seconds. Yeah. And then he's, he's his Jedi mind trick on the bar out.
1: owner to, to shut him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: But it's just like that whole scene. Obviously, you know, him dishing out the, the hiding to the football team was like, yeah, the, the guy's dangerous. But then the way that he, um, as Matty said, he sort of threw out, he kind of plans the whole thing from start to finish yeah. and has the story prepared and has the drink with the bloody chili, the chili in it to throw in the face and he drops the drops a couple of lines in there even before he you know talks the talks the barman around to what he's going to talk about he drops the line about our oh, cash is easy to get and yeah. he, you automatically think
1: why like you're
3: thinking hitman or something like that he's, yeah. he's you know yeah. cash is it easy adds to layer get to him, yeah man.
1: yeah you sort of he's got different motivation to everybody else in the room yeah and
3: it gives you this it's it starts your mind going onto where is this guy what like mm. He's so he's in he he he's very dangerous, but he's earning money off his his abilities. So he's got to be you know in some sort of field like that. And so it just continues. you ticking onto where's this guy going? But yeah, that it's the agree, first real twist
1: saying. into him becoming a, like a really dark guy. Even like you can come into the bar if you want, but I'm going in to to sort these guys yeah. out. Yeah, like it doesn't even care. Like he's just this is his. He's got his agenda. Yeah. Yeah, like, and it feeds into also that whole idea of the of that that relationship developing. You got to have your confidence, and but he's taking advice from the madman. Like, mm, <laughs> he, yeah, <what> are, yeah. <laughs> how, does your life ever get better when you listen to the crazy person? Like a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like exactly. But he snaps that leg. That guy's leg getting snapped <laughs> yeah. on the
0: kick. Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. the best one was the pussy guy who lunges at him with a really sort of soft punch and he just kind of, he just steps out of the way and then just goes, crack, <laughs> he gives him one right in the bush, yeah. knocks him cold. <laughs> yeah. uh. But I also love the way he delivers that line where the bloke says, do you want to send some drinks over for their fellas? And he just kind of looks up at him like, and then just says in this cold kind of voice, you know, do I look like someone who wants to Send drinks over for their fellas,
2: mm.
0: and the barman's just like, Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: that yeah, was fun. but I, I, think it, I think it was a wise move, too, like to, and obviously a calculated move for him to just wipe the floor with them, too, because mm. it was just sort of like a it immediately set the tone, almost like John Wick, you know, that this guy is yeah. just a fucking animal, like you do not want to be yeah. on the wrong side of him. There was no kind of oh, they laid a hit on him, it was like that they, they were never close,
1: yeah. He just fucking yeah. flogged them. <laughs> it's nice come comeuppance. Yeah, yeah. It, was,
0: it was really well choreographed too. It was quick, sharp, had a some of those cool sort of moves where he'd throw someone away and then the, he'd turn around and the camera would kind of zoom in
1: on him. Mm. A little side note question. Do all jocks in America pick on a nerd and then once they slam him into the locker, have some weaker little dude... Ye- we- yell something awkward into his ear yeah. afterwards. Or walk up to him and go, <laughs> uh, and
2: then yeah. kind of leave. <laughs> Make him flinch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: There's always like some some lesser football player <laughs> hanging around the yeah. the tough one. The guy on the bench. The, guy, the bench guys will am walking up going, yeah, <laughs> yeah. take that. <laughs> I need to know. I've got to go to America to observe
3: this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll do a social experiment and send you back to high school in America. <laughs> I'd pay to watch that. That'd be good. <laughs> I'd fit right in.
0: <laughs> I also love that sequence where that dude starts, starts some shit at the party. Yeah. And he just fucking
3: bangs his head into the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was
1: awesome. Sorry about the picture. Swiftly
3: deals with him and then tells the other guys, get him out of here. (laughs) That was just
1: awesome. Um, Her swooning over him after that as well was classic.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The kind of – and and what I liked about the way they shot that whole scene is as soon as he walks in with a keg of beer on one shoulder (laughs) and a keg in the other hand, and the music kind of swells like every every woman in the room's going, check this guy out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like a hero but not really (laughs) in
0: that that moment. And that was the interesting dynamic they were going for, which I Mm. liked. Yes, he was a bit off. Yes, there was something there, but for that first 40 mm. minutes as he dispatches some of these fuckwits, mm. you're kind of like, he's
3: kind of heroic. Well, you still <laughs> sort of trust him, right? Mm. You still yeah. you give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that party sequence, as you said, he's doing things where you're like, he's the good guy, mm. but then he uses the phone. He uses his phone or says to the guy, he's got a phone, I'm using a burner at the party scene, when you know he's already told the mum, I don't have a phone. mm and so you kind yeah. of like, oh, so you start to get these little seeds of doubt. But his actions are otherwise. But then again, and he,
0: he says to him, doesn't he say to? He, he obviously starts organising a gun.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That guy. And I also love that the so, party scene continues to establish this this uh, through line that he can put away piss and drugs like they're <laughs> like they're nothing. <nutty>. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Rick James. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just, you know, he's he's, you know, smoking whatever they're giving him, and then, I mean. The bit where I laughed the most in the movie was before this where the dad is fucking blowing up at the mum for letting him in the house and like, yeah, we don't even know this guy. And then he's kind of like, hey, I'm going to have a beer. You want a beer? And then, you know, they cut to him sitting on the couch spilling his guts going, this guy's got four years of college, so he's got my job. starts
1: pouring his heart sort out. Of, yeah, he starts pouring his heart
3: out. Yeah, his heart out then you see him kind of stand up and he's like, oh, you can really put it away. You want another one? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I
3: just love that. That's where you were talking about that kind of black humour that was going yeah. on, Adam. That was just yeah. so
1: yeah. funny. I like that. I'm oh, Back on that point where you were saying that, that you're not sure whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, that that whole thing, they're establishing a lot of that. But, uh, at the end, he, he pretty much doesn't kill the kid and escapes in the fire costume. Like, yeah, yeah. who's to say he doesn't just pull the butterfly knife out and just kill them both? Yeah, well, it's sort of... It's, it's a weird yeah. relationship that he's got with that kid. Well,
3: this... I, I Yeah, I, I've kind of got a bit to say about that in my dislikes because it ties into what I wanted from the plot. Mm. But, yeah, it's sort of... I really did like the, the relationship they established, mm. and I kind of... I get what they were doing with the you know his his whole the only motive he really had was to tie up the loose ends. Mm. So you get to the end of the movie and I still kind of wanted to believe. And I think this is this is because of the success of the movie and and the success of Dan Stevens is I still wanted to believe when he leaves in the in the fireman's uniform that he did that on purpose because now they thought he was dead so he didn't have to tie up those loose ends. Yeah. And he didn't really want to the whole way through. So yeah, I don't know. That, that was a really interesting kind of thing that I'm still sort of working over in my brain about what, yeah. you know, what he was trying to do. Well, the relationship with the kid
0: is, it's drip fed out for a while, but then it really takes a turn when the kid basically says to him, it tells, tells him what Anna is thinking. Yeah. And then essentially just goes, you killed Dad's boss, didn't you? Yeah. And he's like, don't worry, I'm not going to tell anyone.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the
0: son's now become a cold. Well, he got his confidence, didn't he? A cold sort of person as
1: well, you know. Mm. That moment where he. I thought that was interesting. The moment where he snaps the bully in the face, you're just like that, that kid's life has changed forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then to have the, the interview to get to get out of the detention, to get out with just a little bit of detention is. Uh, yeah, I yeah. love
0: that sequence, especially where he comes in and he goes, what happened? And the key, he goes. I hit uh, hit him over the face with a yardstick. <laughs> and Dan Stevens smiles and goes, "Okay, awesome, awesome." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he turns around, and goes into the office. Yeah,
3: yeah, that was an excellent sequence. I love the way that the you know he just starts talking about it. it's a hate crime, and you see the the principal's to just tighten. <laughs> <laughs> He just <laughs> keeps—he's like, "We're suing you." When this becomes a like, national story, yeah, <laughs> he keeps fucking bargaining him down. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I love that.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a really, really solid. Uh, again, it was showcasing that this guy is—he's cold, he's calculated. He, yeah, you know, he knows what to say yeah. to get out of these things, and, um, and he the, does it so well that people just cave to his. Yeah.
3: And the kicker is, you know, the principal's been bargained down and then he kind of just looks at him and goes, who are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm a friend of the I'm family. I'm a
0: friend of the family.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's funny.
0: <laughs> I like the fact that it does kind of pivot. Like, that's where things really change is where she rings the military. Mm. Yeah. And they, everyone just goes into fucking sphincter tightening mode. <laughs> Shit. This guy, bloody hell, we better start getting, you know, and they start interrupting major colonels and stuff in the middle of meetings to tell them what's going on and, mm. you know, and so you kind of get a sense, okay, something's not right here. And But then he kind of bargains his way out of that too. Yeah. Remember when he sort of goes, look, I was in the Special Forces and I'm not allowed to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They're you know, doing it's a me. Cover a cover story. They're doing the
3: right thing by not talking about me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of still, again, I knew that something was up, but I still was like,
3: well, he could still be the good guy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, you know, let's hear both sides before we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like,
0: what he's got to
3: say. Mate, I was, I was like the dad. As an audience member, I was the father of the family. <laughs> kind of like, who is this guy? Why is he in their house? And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, well, we got to hear him out, you know.
0: <laughs> when the military finally turn up like that shit is awesome yeah and the gunfight just happens in the house and yeah shit is flying left right and center and you know he's taking people out but he still has time to kill mum
1: yeah yeah heart to heart with her
3: yeah i also love that you know they talk about the the sort of the halloween influence i mean adam wingard has mentioned that but you can kind of see it in that scene how like the sheets on the line i just love yeah. that shot of the sheet kind of blowing away and here's him holding the He's washing basket and then just pulls out the the little handgun and dispatches like two or three of them before they can lift their <clears throat> lift the their weapons up. and mm. and yeah. being you know being that i i do love both The Wire and John Wick, I was obviously very happy to see Lance Reddick yeah, leading that team. Yeah, so, He's got a way about him, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he does.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. He's got a really super awesome voice. Yeah. Mm. And just is I don't know what it is, his chin's always pointed down.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: It is, isn't it?
1: It's. good. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I mentioned the diner explosion, which I thought was also pretty cool, and that's where you kind of get Terminator vibes mm. with him. Yeah. Because he's been shot repeatedly. Yep. But he just kind of walks it off. Yeah, and
3: he you get that kind of, um, uh, he asks where Anna is, mm. and when she's not there, he just fucking blows the place up, and it's kind of, you get that. Yeah,
1: puts the bullet through her first.
3: Yeah, Anna's still wearing that Sarah Connor-esque mm. waitress uniform, and that kind of scene reminds you of Arnie looking around at Sarah Connor, and just, you know. Yeah destroying anyone in his path to get to Sarah Connor. Yeah, I really I dug that. It was good. For me, one of my
0: favourite li- likes and, you know, one of my last ones here was the showdown at the school and yeah. just the Halloween kind of maze that kind of throws in a few little kind of, you know, like uh, they're going past it. One stage they're going down the hallway and next thing you know, there's something
3: bangs on the wall and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was an inspired and
1: choice. It was a great excuse yeah, to have a mirrors. mist machine in the building. Yeah, the
3: mist yeah. machine. I loved when he gets knocked to the floor and the mist, the, the kind of mist just sort of engulfs him and then splits apart yeah. and he's not there. You left with a pair
1: awesome. of shoes. That created some tension. It was great. Yeah. You're like, what are you doing? Don't walk into it. Yeah. Yeah, that was great.
0: That stuff was really, really well played out.
1: mm the um nice that final scene at. that final part the, where you think it's gonna be the last time you see him and he's um lying dead with the butterfly knife in him and they've got the, the ripped tombstone. Yeah. It looks it yeah. looks so good. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is the end for him. So it's kinda nice when you get the twist at the end, um, Yeah. I like that. I like I mean, that. I
0: mean I even liked the twist at the end.
1: Mm. Yeah. Her movie, reaction to the twist was awesome. She's
0: just like, What the fuck? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That well, was number perfect.
3: one, Number one, I'm still holding out for a sequel because <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it. But number two, having seen it a couple of times now, I understand why they decided to chop that backstory out because I watch it and I still kind of go, I still kind of come out with this feeling that, yeah, he didn't want to do, he didn't want to kill them. He did actually develop those relationships genuinely and I still don't know the reason why he did that, but he was in the photo with the brother, even though they bring up the plastic surgery angle. I'm like, could they really do that much plastic surgery to make him look so much like, and why is he This sort of goes
1: into the dislikes, right? Well, he's,
3: but he's sort of like, it's going, why? Yeah, it is. It sort of splits in the dislikes and the likes because I'm looking at why did he go to that family- if he did if he had if he did get the plastic surgery, why yeah. was it going to that family? was the brother involved in the program anyway yeah. like there's all these questions, yeah. but I come out of it looking at it with this feeling of I don't know whether he did or he didn't want to do it, but I'm making my own decisions on that, yeah, and I'm sort of like after the after a couple of times viewing it, I'm sort of like. I think Adam Wingard did make the right choice to cut some of that out and keep me. You don't about know you
1: don't guessing. know at the point when you're watching it from beginning to end that the relationship is gonna change into what it does. Yeah, yeah. So you're not concerned with yeah, it when yeah. you're watching it. But when you sit back and you think about it or you re watch it, it's pretty obvious that that there's it sort of doesn't quite make sense or flow there. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I think from what I can gather, there was issues with test audiences with some of the backstory. But then Adam Wingard also wanted to cut some because he felt like if he did, it turned the character into he sort of felt like it was like Michael Myers and the Terminator sort of mashed up together. But if they were in your house and you knew them and like And I I see that, you know, I see where he was going for and I'm still sort of I'm still sort of torn whether he made the right choice or where he didn't. Because I still do want more of the backstory. But then in other parts I'm like, if I got the backstory and it sucked I wouldn't come out with yeah. this this I wouldn't come out of the movie continually thinking about it and constructing some of that story in my head for myself. So yeah. would it have been as as enjoyable yeah. in that sense?
2: Mm.
3: I get that too, and and for me I mean I,
0: I haven't got any other likes, I don't know about you guys.
1: Oh, I've got one semi-like. The where is um talking with the kid about uh the, the trigonometry and he just goes you're a pretty smart kid, huh? Because you got to yeah. suck a sucker toe question right. That was yeah, my, yeah, yeah. That was my favourite. As a maths teacher, enjoyed it.
2: Well,
3: I was on the other side. I was on the other side where I'm just holding the fucking, the, the little, ah, um, oh, shit, what do you call it?
1: Uh, the set not square. The cracker, yeah, the, it was remember. a set square so or something
3: square. like that. He's holding onto one of those bits and just looking at it like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the kid even says to him, doesn't he? So you get what I mean? He's like...
2: Nah.
3: That cracked me up. Yeah. Dan Dan Stevens made it cool to be dumb in that sequence.
0: Yeah. So I I haven't got any other likes, and and as far as dislikes go, mine are very minor. Yeah. Like, very minor. Yep. It slows a little after the opening 20-odd minutes where he dishes out a little bit of a hiding and, and, you know, we get a sense of him. The movie does slow a touch in the middle section there, mm. but it's not greatly important because I think that it's it's kind of helped by the fact that those sequences where he kind of barters people down and he kind of shows off his abilities to kind of like talk people into things. So it didn't hurt it too bad. Mm. But my biggest dislike was a little bit like what you were saying, Jared, and and that is that his motivations are still muddy to me and the sequence where lance reddick is explaining to michael munro in the car what he was he was in the program and then and i love lance reddick's voice and he's really giving it weight and gravitas but he's he says to her He was part of some medical experiments. (laughs) I just just started laughing because
3: I was like, "That can't be." He looks a bit like Captain America. We injected him with David Boone's DNA so he can drink piss and not even fucking feel it. He can drink fifty-six cans on a flight between Australia and England.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we 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 removed a small amount of Boone DNA. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, the reason why I laughed is because it he was he was doing he was selling it the right way, which was to try and sell it as being serious. <laughs> but it just the sound of yeah, you know, oh he was involved in some medical experiments. <laughs> I was just like oh. It struck me as a little bit of Jason Bourne. Yeah. Definitely. It had a Jason Bourne feel to it. Yep. So for me his backstory was smirky and it just kind of, I, although I feel it kind of worked in some ways, it also didn't work in, in a sense that I was kind of
3: sitting there going, tell me what it's a, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, like, why yeah. is he here? Yeah. So what, that's, what, the, that's the biggest one for here? me is, as I said, I, I definitely think there are parts to the mysteriousness that do work and leaving us hanging. But the biggest one for me mm. is why is he with the family?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He spends all the problems. Yeah,
3: my understanding is he's not the guy in the photo, mm. but he's had plastic surgery to look like the guy in the photo. Mm. But so why is he with the family? Is he just there to cover up for a couple of days?
1: You're assuming you're assuming from the line before when he kills the mother, you're assuming he still knows their son.
3: Yeah, that's right. And but I we don't know like, where that connection is. And I still felt like Even by the end of the movie, I felt like if she doesn't make the call and establish that he's not who he says he is, they survive. Mm. He stays for a couple of days, punches some high school heads, and moves on. (laughs) So I'm I'm still not sure about that, but I feel like that was the one key point that was missing, that they they sort of did need to establish... Yes, he did know the son, or no, he didn't. Yeah, but it's it, it it always felt like throughout that yes, he did, even though there's that thing that seems to establish that he, when the when the brother spills the beans, he mm. says, you know, he re re, um, structure your bones. Oh, sorry, he would mess with your bone structure and you, to and make you look prints, like someone yeah. else. Mm. And I'm kind of like, so. That, to me, is saying he's not the dude in the photo. He's made to look like the dude mm. in the photo who is actually dead. And I'm sort of yeah. like-
1: Yeah. And so, he's got his tags as well. Yeah. So he's killed but, the guy in the photo.
3: Yeah. But then I'm like, so, but it still seems like you know the family, and I'm still feeling like if she didn't call up, you would have let them live.
1: Mm-hmm. Because they
3: didn't know that that was your identity, you would have moved on, and they wouldn't have been able to establish yeah. it. Like,
1: it's a bit hardy. I could be wrong. I he could kills be- he kills the guy's boss so that he can get a promotion and make things right with his wife. Yeah. But yeah. then kills the guy himself. Yeah. For no real particular reason. And he sorts the kid's high school troubles out, sort of yeah. gives him, but then kills his parents. Yeah.
3: And so it's like, okay, so you fixed this problem, but then you created a fucking kind a of bigger line. one. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, well it just, again, it just felt like Lance yeah. Reddick does say, a... doesn't
1: he? Well, it's... same thing. Why does he go back to the school to kill a kid and then lets him live and escapes? Yeah, it's it just is, it's it's
3: you know, Lance Reddick's the big thing that I took from the Lance Reddick stuff was he said he's he's programmed essentially to tie up loose ends mm. if he knows yeah. that you so know.
0: Basically, that... So basically, so as I'm... soon as they found out some information about him, yeah. that that's him. St- deciding well loose ends now need to be yeah. tied up
3: so it makes me think if she doesn't make that call for a week after he leaves town which i'm assuming he would have if she didn't if they didn't have if they didn't become loose ends does he come back to town and kill mm. them or does he just kind of continue yeah, to, I, on his part i i i i can't help but finish the movie and feel like yeah he would have left them if she didn't if she didn't establish that he wasn't who he said he was
2: yeah
3: yeah i agree with that so Which, yeah, that which makes me question, yeah, but that's where I need a little bit of clarification on. I felt it would have probably worked better just to say, yeah, he was the dude in that unit, but your brother was in that program too, or something, yeah, and we right. killed them all. Because then that almost gives him the reason that, I, I don't know, it seems like that that might have been what it was initially when they talked about how it was or kind of a revenge the brother's thing.
1: still alive and he's got his face... Or faced off like as that. well. He's been face offed as well, and he's <laughs> after him.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it feels like it feels like maybe that I was what was going to happen, Jared. Well, it feels like that's what it was initially. That they that he was in the program with the brother. The brother was killed. He goes to the family, and then the the government comes to kill him too, because he's the one that escaped. Yeah. But then, in somewhere along the line, it just got turned into yeah. He's kind of Michael Myers slash Terminator killing everybody else. So it still feels like, yeah, there's that what you mentioned in there and we kind of could have done with a little bit of clarification around that to sort of get to where we where we ended up. Mm. Yeah, because
0: I felt that that's where I got the strong born vibes mm. during that period where I felt that obviously him and the brother were in the same program and the military was killing assets from the program.
3: Yeah, yeah. The
0: brother was one of them. Yeah, something didn't he turn was out of right. Them. Yep. Yeah. And that's where I was getting, you know, the whole born Treadstone sort of vibes that they sort of had. It just needed a little touch of clarification, not too much, because I agree you leave the ambiguity of what he was. Yeah, keep that there because a lot of that worked. Mm. But you just needed to clarify why, why he was there. Why he was with that family. Why was he, with, why that was he with the family? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Because that makes no sense at all. Mm. When you're looking at it in the cold light of day, there is no reasoning for why he would be there. Yeah. Dependent upon the fact that we think that he got plastic surgery, he's not the guy in the photo, but he's looking like him because that guy's dead. So why is he hanging around this family? Why does he want to ingratiate himself in their life? Yeah, that's right. What's the reason?
3: And it seems like, you know, when he's saying, oh, I'm just moving through town, it seems like the whole time he's angling for that couple of extra days to stay there mm. and to sort of get involved. So, yeah, it is just, it's a little, I think the unclearness around that in particular is the big, the big issue
1: for me. Mm. Unless mm. he was the brother and then well, could had his face changed. It could and still then
3: be, and then he just, you know.
1: Lost the plot because yeah. of the,
3: what the military did. I know it's your mum, but I've been programmed to tie up loose ends, so I'm going to kill you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a way, a sequel could be detrimental. Yeah, it could be. But I still want because it because I just need start
0: having to dig in. Somebody in needs to throw
3: the cash at Dan Stevens and get him back in this actiony type role. I... <laughs> he was just so yeah, good yeah. in there. I just want to see more of it. <laughs> exactly. I didn't have any other dislikes. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I had a couple, just minor ones.
2: Yeah.
3: Number one is him arousing suspicion by chatting on the phone. Outside the kitchen window. (laughs) Yeah. We could have found a better place to make that kind of phone call if you're trying to keep it under wraps. (laughs) The brother getting, I get the sort of, you know, that he was lacking connection with anybody and there was a bit of this sort of hero worship after after he kind of deals with his antagonists. But just sort of spilling the beans just felt a little bit, like it's a big leap. And as yeah. you said, Maddie even mentions, "Oh, you killed Dad's boss." I, I'm, not, I'm I don't care. I'm not going to tell anyone. Yep. I just felt like that was just a little bit too far. I felt like maybe, maybe David could have leaned on him a little to get the info. He could have yeah. volunteered a little bit of it, but then David could have leaned on him to get a little bit more or something. Other than that, it was just the in the ending sequence in the in the dance. I could have done with maybe just a touch longer. I felt like it did wrap up a little bit quickly in some aspects, specifically Lance Reddick's character. I thought when it came down to him and Dan Stevens... We might have got just a touch more because when he gets dealt
1: with so swiftly, you've been spoilt with exposition for days in every yeah. single other action movie you've seen. You needed more.
3: Yeah, I needed a bit more. I wanted more.
1: But even like Lance
3: Reddick being there, I felt like okay, so this is the boss. I I still expected Dan Stevens to deal with him, but I thought this might yeah, be the one guy who can land a punch on him or get a bit of a tussle.
0: Yeah, that's what I was expecting.
3: And, and so when he gets, he be yeah, when he gets dealt with really easily, I felt like so essentially it turned Lance Reddick's. Character into the guy that just turns up and says, "Yeah, he's dangerous, and he's part of a medical experiment." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it. That's all. He, that's all he was there for. Yeah. So I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get. You know, Lance didn't get to tussle a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: I think that would have been actually
0: good, and I, I was expecting that. Yeah, definitely. Again, maybe they were playing with conventions too. Yeah, mm. you know.
1: I was a bit disappointed when the brothers, the brothers, they've spent all this time building him up to, he's got all this confidence, he can take care of himself now. And then his sister tells him to hide in a corner <laughs> and he does it. I thought that was a bit weak. Yeah. That, was, that really took away from it. That along, especially when you know that he's got this knife that he's going to come back into it at some point. Yeah. It, it, of, it I was a bit the, telegraphed. It know? was a
3: little bit telegraphed, but I did think that was a nice touch. And I did, as you said, it set up the bit where he's like,
1: You know, yeah, you did. You did my
3: thing. Like that was a really good, good. good That was one of my favorite
1: parts of the movie. I really enjoyed that.
3: Yeah,
1: (laughs) but um, nice way to go out, sort
3: of thing.
1: Yeah. I like I said, like I said earlier though, I think that the a lot of the problems with it, you have to sit and think about it afterwards. But when you're in the moment, it's a it's a really solid action thriller, and, Mm. and I really enjoyed the whole thing. The bits of comedy in there keep me going, and there wasn't really many lulls in it, so I was pretty happy overall.
3: Yeah, me too. Is that everything? Yeah, that's it for me.
1: Yeah,
0: happy with that. That is the guest from 2014. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at au. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at podomatic at com. Please rate and review us if you can. And we're also on Instagram at ThrillMePodcastAU. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for our details of our next film. Happy Halloween to everybody. I hope you enjoy yourself today. And until next time, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers.